Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Notch. And I'm Caleb. This week, we slow it down. Hey, baby. You ready to talk about some smooth soccer grooves? All right. Let's go. There was a disturbing thing brought to my attention just a few minutes ago while we were preparing for this episode, which is that there might be some people... Or rather, there might be an intersection of our listeners that enjoy soccer podcasts while having sex. Um, I don't know how I feel about my voice reaching people who are in the act of coitus. Um, Here's how I feel about it. Grandma. Grandma. Grandma naked. You're welcome. (laughs) If you listen to this podcast while you're having sex, I'm sorry. I mean, maybe through your your uh, iPod off shuffle next time so this doesn't come up and so why are you still listening turn this off and go go bold take a cold shower you sit sit people and then use like I don't know a playlist or something yeah I, I think I've shared my story of how I left my iPod on shuffle once I've heard the last um, last chapter of the Game of Thrones book where spoiler alert John dies um, and that was that was before I heard the rest of the book. It was pretty terrible. I had to then, like, I hated that book after that, and I had to continue listening to eight chapters of it because you can't not listen to. Anyway, I'm getting so, that look from Colin where he's like, why are you talking about this dumb show I don't watch again? And, and Exactly. We, we, are, we do have a good show. We're going to talk to Brian about youth soccer in Minnesota because he's a coach. He's had some experience with the academies here. Uh, a lot of great stuff to share because we heard him say it five days ago and it was really good I wish I could bring you that interview uh, but we're going to ask him to talk about that again we're going to talk a little bit about MLS maybe some proposed changes to the playoffs because you know that's the hot topical thing to do an American soccer podcast right now and then we'll we'll cover some other stuff um, we're going to have another episode that comes to you on Tuesday so we can't share everything that we know about say international qualifiers just yet we're going to wait till they're done so that we don't say something like man it's so crazy that Italy is not going to qualify for the first time in 1958 oh wait they just did and right after we record it. So anyway, that, that's what we've got lined up for you. Uh, but first, we're already moving to our segment that we call Loon Monitoring. Uh, we're going to save our Minnesota United um, review for Tuesday. But tonight, let's uh, talk to Brian about your... So we, which club do you coach for, Brian? So I coach for Maple Brook. I've coached for other clubs as well. But uh, Maple Brook, the last uh, three years, I've, I've coached um, or been an assistant coach. Um, at Maple Brook. So I've been a coach or assistant coach for about six years. Oh, that's pretty cool. And and you, which, which which ages have you coached in your career? I have coached uh, starting about U10. Um, and right now my uh, oldest team is U13. So the, the pretty young um, age groups, um, 9, 10, 11s, 12s, 13s. And at those age groups... How can you really tell that someone is either good at soccer or going to be good? Like, what have you noticed? Really, it comes down to passion. The, the ones that have a lot of passion for the game um, are generally going to be the ones that um, are going to be the ones that do um, well moving forward and being um, moving up and and. Going, being on bigger teams 
Um, and what that means is that they you know practice on their own. Um, so they're bringing skills that I'm not necessarily teaching. They're they're getting creative and being creative. Um, so that's that's really how you can tell at, at those ages. And you know, it, frankly, I coach at the lower uh, levels, the C3 level, there's C1, C2, C3. And then as they get older, there's other levels as well. But um, I coach at the C3 level and, and typically every year I have one, two, three, four, five uh, players move up um, and not necessarily through anything that I do besides, you know, hopefully instill some passion into the players, um, but really from their passion and me being able to, you know, get them to be more creative and, and trust themselves to be uh, better players. Is there something when when you identify a prospect who is just out of this world? Is there something that you need to do to specifically to nurture that talent? Are you looking to hold on to that player? Do you want them to move on to say the Minnesota DA or the uh, FC Dallas DA or something like that? Like, what's what's the what's the course of action when you find someone who's the next you know Pulisic? <laughs> Well, I'm not that level of coach, but uh, with my guys, you know, I really want them to move up and, and you know be on a team that's appropriate for their level. Um, I've coached a lot of kids that were just by far the best players on the teams, and they would score 25, 30 goals in a you know 20 game season, mm-hmm. and that's you know they're not being challenged; they're just beating everybody. So they need to move up, you know, whether it be one or two levels to you know be challenged you know i hope that their time with me has prepared them for you know only scoring five or six goals maybe that next year because they're going to be up against better defenders and you know better goalkeepers and those kinds of things but yeah i think my goal is to you know find the level that each of these kids should be playing at and, and help them get there and beyond that even the kids that are Terrible is the wrong word, but you know, not not great athletes. I want them to be enjoy their time on our team. So you know, one of the things that I do with my my teams is they the, each of the kids play roughly half their time in defense and half their time as an attacking player. And the idea is that the best forwards, you know, typically we we all know who they are. They score the 20, 30 goals in a season, you know. Um, but those kids aren't necessarily um, improving um, their skills. So by putting them in defense, I actually can get them to improve their ball skills. But also the guys that, you know, a lot of coaches don't move, you know, into the forward positions, never get that chance because the other athletes. I had a guy score a hat trick who absolutely would not play forward for me, but he scores a hat trick in, you know, the second game I put him in forward. And he was so happy and so excited. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I don't know that another coach would have done. So, I mean, those are things that I do. And I try to, like I said, instill joy and, and passion of the game, uh, regardless of the their levels. So the, you heard it here, folks. This is how Hattrick Rick got his start uh, in the game. <laughs> Before before we met Don Ovan. Uh, anyway, Brian, can you, before we go much further, give listeners just a little bit of an overview of what youth soccer in this state looks like? I know that's like a 30-minute answer, but if we could distill it down to 30 seconds. Like, who are the big players? What are the biggest tournaments? If someone wants to keep track of youth soccer in, in this state, where should they turn to online? Sure. There's a, 
uh, two main um, traveling youth soccer organizations in Minnesota now. Um, MYSA is the big granddaddy of them all. Um, there's another one that just started up this fall that is, you know, trying to kind of compete with them. And I'm not exactly sure what their name is. I want to call it TLC, but I think that's wrong. TSL or something like that um, is their acronym. Uh, but Minnesota Youth Soccer is is kind of the primary um, organization that runs all of the, the traveling tournaments uh, or, or all the traveling um, uh, soccer in the state. Um, beyond that, there's U.S. Club Soccer that MYSA has a, a partnership um, with as well. And then there's uh, MRL and a couple of other leagues that are out there that are all kind of, uh, again, partnering. All of these things do come down from ultimately um, the USSF and the Youth Soccer, United States Youth Soccer Association. So all those things get sanctioned at the highest level and then, you know, it trickles down. Um, as far as tournaments go, you know, the big one, you know, out in Blaine, which is, you know, international, the it's no longer called the Schwann's Cup. No, they, uh, they, they pulled their sponsorship. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure. I, I, it's just okay. USA Cup. I think it's got a new sponsor, so I'm going to mess that up. Carabao. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a, that's obviously a big one that's got lots and lots of uh, teams there. Fun to, you know, a fun event. Um, for, for me, for my teams, it's an expensive event, so we don't go to that one. Um, you know, Maple Brook, my club, we have one the first weekend in June. Hey, guys, we're going to have registration open soon. So come in, you know, sign up at Maple Brook to, to join our tournament. Um, but, you know, there's lots of them around. Blaine actually has uh, lots of tournaments throughout the year besides the USA Cup. Um, there's five or six really big ones. There's usually all kinds of fun activities at these things. Um, they got knocker ball and bouncy houses and all kinds of stuff that they do so those ones are always fun and they're compact so they're easy to get to but you know woodbury has one and eden prairie has one and you know all these places have them mysa typically has a a, um, a lot of information about uh, the organizations and the different clubs that are around uh, but there's also a place called the tournament center mm -hmm. that has a list of all tournaments around so you can go look there for for tournaments as well so one of the kind of broader things going on with youth soccer is that it's getting caught up in all of the proxy debates going on at the federation level. Damn it, who let Alexi in here? Crap. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So I don't want you to dive into you know all of those things, but if there's like one or two concrete things that the federation could do to help out what's going on at the youth levels. What do you think would be a good place to start with? Oh goodness. That's a large loaded question. Um, what can the federation do? They actually underneath Klinsman, they did a whole lot of really good stuff. So um, let me tell you some of the stuff that they have done that I think is wonderful. So um, at the U nine, U 10 levels, They've added what's called build-out lines. So when a goalkeeper does a goal kick, um, the players have to go back to a certain spot on the field. Um, that allows teams to start playing out of the back. So that is an op, an absolutely wonderful thing. Um, they've changed the number of players on the field um, to be a little uh, more balanced, a little more unified. Um, some state organizations had, you know, at you, you know, 12 and 11 they had you know eight or seven or nine players on the field so it's unified now to be 
I should know this because I coach a U12 team, but it just changed. <laughs> so uh, nine, uh, so it's nine players on the on the field. So you play a three-three-two. Um, so you know when you go at the younger levels, they've added a player there as well. So it's a little bit more more like the real you know lineup. You know four-four-two is what USSF wants um, us to play at the eleven v eleven. Um, now you can have a little bit of, you know, change in that if you want to do a diamond or different kind of four, four twos, but you know, the USSF does mandate, you know, those types of things. Huh? I had no idea that that was true. Like yeah. the, that you were, the, the playing style was, was kind of put forward like that by the, by the national federation. I wonder if that'll change with the new head coach of the, or new president, if they want to change to a different formation. I don't know. Uh, no, absolutely. It's, 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 I mean, that's yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, that would be so disruptive and... if every time there was a new president, there was a new like. <laughs> All right, guys, two at the back. I, I mean, going, I don't know. You tell us it's disruptive, Brian. Like, I you know the be- better thing. Well, I think the the bigger thing uh, on that is is actually making sure that those things make it down to each team. Um, I would have to say, you know out of the, the coaches that I've met, you know, very few, maybe, you know, five, 10% know that USSF even has that as a mandate or as a request or as a whatever, you know, I've talked to some, you know, uh, development Academy coaches and, you know, they don't play the four, four, two, um, because they're going up against a four, four, two. So they want to play a slightly different one. So, I mean, even at those levels and those people, they'll, you know, they'll do some things for tactics, but again, I think if they're training to the four four two, you know, that's, you know, kind of the, you know, the goal is that, you know, everyone has got a base in the Federation so that when they get it brought into, you know, the youth, you know, U 14, U 15, U 16 teams that you don't have to train them on a tactic because it's already been done. So that's, I, I think the, the thought process behind it. You know, having traveled a lot on airplanes in particular with kids, I, I would think that four two three one would be the with the 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 strategy that the federation you'd use because you know you see those kids just running down the aisles really fast and I was like that guy could be a wingback like just thumbing <laughs> down the wings you know like so much training. You're scouting on airplanes. I'm not scouting anybody, so no one trusts me to like make any sort of decisions regarding soccer. In fact, I don't know why anyone's listening to this right now. Turn it please, off. Also, no, stop no, having sex. Please, please keep listening to this. If you are having sex, do, if it's honest, it's consensual, do what you want. But please so, keep listening to this. Yeah, so, not, so speaking, or just pause it and continue later. Yeah. Also, about youth soccer. Anyway, yeah. speaking of youth soccer, um, so as far as the ages that you coach at, um, you definitely have kids that are coming into their own physically at different times. Uh, you know, I'd, you might have a five foot five, ten year old, but you might also have a you know four foot six, twelve year old. Um, how do you balance that with also working on skill development, things like that? Yeah, it, it does make it difficult. So you know, during training. You know, we try to pair up guys a lot of times with, you know, their, their same size and same skill level. You know, sometimes the size and skill level doesn't match up. So you have a big guy with a little guy um, because they're both similar skill levels. Um, but when they go play, you know, uh, we're playing against all different sizes. So, you know, they do have to kind of get used to it a little bit. Um, 
but you know, when we train, I do try to keep guys pretty paired up. Um, I do mix it up because I don't want them to get used to the same players and, you know, you know, get a buddy where they get talking too much, um, you know, during practices. So we, we do break things up in, in that regard, just like a teacher will move desks around. Uh, you know, I move, you know, the kids around when we, when we do training to keep things, uh, moving and flowing, but yeah, you know, it is something I have to take into consideration, you know, um, I still teach headers to the, you know, to my shortest player. I teach headers to my tallest player, you know, um, because they are still growing. So they need to, you know, learn these skills regardless, um, you know, of where they end up. And, you know, I just remember, you know, I don't remember how tall Kevin Friedland was, but, but, you know, he could jump, you know, way up in the air and could beat out a six, six guy, you know, for a header. So, um, you know, I just think of those, those situations watching, it's like, it doesn't really matter what they are today. If I teach them the skills, um, or work on those, you know, techniques that, you know, whatever size they end up, you know, at 18 or 20, when they stop growing that, you know, hopefully they've, you know, they can use those when they play and, you know, if, whatever level that is, if they're just playing, you know, kick it around, you know, with buddies in a youth league or, you know, an adult league somewhere, a beer league, or if that's, you know, playing college somewhere, or, you know, pro, I would love to see one of my guys play pro. That'd be awesome. Just real quick, last question on this particular topic. What's Minnesota United's impact been when they started their DA? Because um, they, they started at the younger levels. They took two of our players from Maplebrook. That's what, that's <laughs> the impact. Um, Surprisingly, you're actually not bitter about it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm not. Um, I think it's great um, that because those players were playing on our U.S. club team. Um which we don't have a U.S. club team now, partly because those guys are gone, uh, partly for other, you know, other reasons. But, you know, those, um, you know, taking players and, and moving them to another area means that we have the best players playing together. So I think in terms of those individual players, I think it was a good thing. It probably hurt Thunder Academy more than it hurt um, any of the other clubs, realistically. Um mainly because they are directly competing with those, for those players that, that Thunder was, was competing for. So and I think they ended up taking four or five from, from them, if I, if I recall. But, you know, Minnesota did do it right, I, I think, by doing it at the you know, 12 and 11 age range where they're not taking, you know, teams that have been established for a long period of time. Um, you know, they're not taking 16s. They're not taking 17s from, from teams and, and really – hurting the culture of a club you know at 12 and 11 you know 12 and 11 is what these kids were when they were trying out you know at those ages they really haven't become intertwined with the club you know as much as they would be at 16 and 17 so i really think that uh minnesota did it right by by just starting out at that younger that younger age and the the total up effect won't be uh uh, as bad as you know it could have been if we had taken if they had taken five teen you know five age levels and just you know decimated a whole bunch of programs at a whole bunch of levels i know we're working against a time limit for you because you've got to go coach yeah exactly so <laughs> i have three games today so you gotta go do the thing that we've been talking about I, yeah. I do want you to talk about one thing though i think that our reactions are gonna have to wait till you've left but let's move into a segment that we now call the major listing service where we talk about mls Brian, you have an idea about playoff reform. Playoffs? 
Talk about playoffs? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> if anybody hear that word, I have to say that. It's a. It's just a thing I have to do. I'm really sorry. So, you know, one of the things that we, we hear about with the MLS playoffs is that, you know, we have this international break that happens every year at this time, you know, which we're in right now that kind of breaks up the playoffs. Um, you know, we hear how it's, you know, kind of unbalanced and, you know, it's kind of weird. And, um, you know, I've seen uh, posted a lot recently. I think Grant Wall actually had one um, not too long ago about going to kind of a group um, stage type thing. And I, and I think those are kind of good ideas. But I think what would ultimately, to me, make the most sense um, is shorten the season up a little bit, make it so that the East and the West only play each other uh, for the regular season, but the playoffs really become a Champions League. And so the next season then, so the top six or maybe even the top eight then, you know, if we ex- are talking about MLS you know, long-term and expanding the um you know, the East and the West uh, into, you know, maybe 16 or 18 teams, um, you know, really making it big, um, that then we take those teams and we do some kind of a a group stage uh, with the East and the West. So we have maybe, you know, one, two, three, and four in the East, you know, take on, you know, five, six, seven, eight in the West. Mm -hmm. And that way you travel East and West, you get to see the top teams, you get to have the revenue, but you do that the next season, you do that in a group stage and, you know, kind of like, the, you know, the Champions League, then MLS Cup can happen before NFL starts. So we have the MLS Cup happening before where it's a revenue thing where we're not competing for sponsorships, where we're not competing for um, all these other types of things. So what it's going to do is it's going to push that into a time period where we're not where MLS is not competing for sponsorships and it's not competing for eyeballs necessarily um, with, you know, baseball, the world series wouldn't have started, you know, if we do it around the, you know, the time of before the baseball playoffs, Mm -hmm. if if we have the final. So those, that's, that's kind of the basic of my idea. And you still preserve the fact that Minnesota United would have playoff games when there's snow on the ground because it's, you know. That. Right, you, you get it so that you wouldn't. Yeah, so we wouldn't have. No, I'm kidding. I, I, yeah. I was making the joke that it, they would because they'd start playing these games in like February. So Yeah. <laughs> but, but but yeah, you're right. Because then if we say we got to the final, it would be in December. Uh, well, December? now. Yeah. But I'm saying with your format, it would be a little bit later. I see you looking at the watch. Why don't we call a break right here? But before that, thank you, Brian, so much for joining us. I'm sorry we couldn't have you talk about the rest of the stuff that you did on Tuesday uh, because of our crappy equipment, not garbling uh, the mic feed. But uh, I'm really glad that you were able to come back, talk to us about youth soccer, talk to us about this idea that you will get to hear us react to later. We're just going to be trash talking you the whole way, man. <laughs> Perfect. Seriously. But, but thanks for joining us. And All right. Good, thanks a lot. Appreciate it, guys. And good luck today. Thanks. So guys, later today, I'm actually going to have a pretty early date with somebody. And I was thinking, maybe maybe it'll increase the attraction if in the background... She's hearing the smooth, gravelly voice of Caleb. I wouldn't describe my voice as gravelly. You probably do have the better of the three voices, so maybe if 
if oh. you just focus on the parts where it's like me no, and Caleb no, no. talking. Don't listen to this podcast. Listen to the last podcast with Jerry. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> See, but that that's that's like me putting Jerry in the room with us. And how do I compete with that? I can't compete with that. Again, what I'm saying is just focus on the parts of Caleb and me talking, and then you are gonna look that much better. <laughs> There's some good things about not being as big as Football Weekly, guys. I'm just saying half a million listens they have. We get a lot less than that. Uh, there's some good things about that. Wait, uh, we don't get half a million listens? Shit, damn it. I've been... Oh, crap. I just shot myself in the foot. Um, I'm all disappointed now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, what's the point if you don't have half a million? Right? Let's, just, right. let's just talk more about MLS, I guess. Yeah, let's Whatever. do that. So, Brian's proposal for Champions League. I really liked it, man. I don't know if I love the timing on it just because winter will still cause some issues. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like the, the concept of it is totally awesome. Yeah, the, like the, the Canadian teams in Minnesota will have to like start on like a five game road trip. Yeah. Because you can't have soccer in Minnesota in February. That'd be terrible. You can barely have it in March. Yeah, I, I think we are going noticed. to. I think we are going to have soccer in February and March. In Minnesota, I, I I think that's the plan with this heated pitch. I don't. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think we're gonna be like Stade uh, Olimpico or whatever Stade Saputo in uh, Montreal, where they where they play on the road. I think we're gonna do it. And I I don't know. I'm not someone who's excited. I'm not. I'm not someone who gets excited to bundle up for winter games. I'll be quite honest. But I mean, I I feel like if you have it, flaunt it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Um, another thing I was just worried about other competitions that MLS teams might be in. U.S. Open Cup, which they're all in, but also CONCACAF Champions League. But wouldn't could... this allow you to have a CONCACAF Champions League participant who is more recently anointed than a year and a half ago? That is true. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how they're working with the reworked CONCACAF Champions League, like how they're going to do it after this weird gap. But... It, it, yeah, it's definitely possible. I think my the big objection that I think I'm seeing in my head that people would have is that this is less money. You know, when, when you have your year-end playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Caleb, you got to do your thing. I just said playoffs. Uh, okay. The moment's passed. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so, so I think sponsors, you know, on the one hand, Brian said that it would be something that they would look forward to because we're competing less. But then the, I, I don't know if it would take the, like, luster off to also have concurrent regular season games going on while the championship is also happening, you know? Fair but, enough, yeah. Yeah, that's but, a good point. But I, I mean, I, in, in, a, in, a, in a purely fan-focused world, I think this would be really neat. It'd be kind of having like a cup competition going on at the same time. It would kind of, I, I, I think it would, it would kind of add to the weight of U.S. soccer to, to, to be doing it um, this way, but I know I can see your objections. I can see that they're really. It makes sense why why this would this, this would also cause some problems while also fixing some others. Yeah, to to plan it out and like actually do it and take a lot of steps and a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I don't know if MLS really wants to do that. To, <laughs> Effort to, and then like lose MLS. Money. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, speaking of. Effort in, uh, in MLS. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about the Western Conference. Vancouver. Uh, no, 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 no
it, it's specifically speaking about effort in this league. Um, something that happened since the last time that we we recorded was that um, Andrea Pirlo finally accepted that he'd retired in 2015, and uh, <laughs> so. Um, Farewell to 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 the to the man that Jabrovsky uh, chased. What stage of grief would Andrea Pirlo be in MLS in terms of the death of his career? <laughs> like denial, denial, bargaining, <laughs> whichever one involves more red wine. <laughs> um. You know, I think I honestly think it, it was the fact that he couldn't get some of those dope um, shampoo conditioner sponsorship deals over here that that made him finally decide that it was time um, to to hang up his, his shoes. It's a real mess for Head and Shoulders. I think so. Damn. Yeah. I mean, he was Head and Shoulders. Nah, I'm not no, even gonna go he there. He was now. Head and Shoulders. Yeah, just just stop on the. I don't know. I no, mean, he just, was always delivering. Let, he was delivering the obvious. set pieces. Therefore, like, why would he be involved with headers? Michael Schumacher used to be in Formula One driver. Was the was the I think was it L'Oreal? Is L'Oreal the one who's like because I'm worth it? Yes. Yeah. So 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 I you know Pirlo could have been doing that. I I don't know. But every every other podcast I've been listening to has been like singing you know violin backed odes to the greatness of Andrea Pirlo, and I thought we should do something a little bit different. So <laughs> so that so there you go. Farewell, farewell, We're MLS sweet fans. Prince. We know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> farewell, sweet prince and. Uh, Man of the match in the was it the final of uh, 2006 World Cup? I can't remember. He, he, and I know he got robbed of man of the tournament, which Zinedine Zidane got after headbutting Matarazzi. But uh, goodbye, sweet Andrea. Uh, let's talk about the uh, conference finals, uh, where Seattle beat Vancouver two nil. Yeah, Clint Dempsey brace. He was out for the first leg, um, and he showed up and. He did what Dempsey does, is score in big games in MLS. Specifically, kind of late on, since both of those goals were after a snooze fest of a first half. Cousin, fest. cousin Roman decided to call uh, Nico and ask him to go bowling, and uh, has decided to stay in the country as a result, instead of um, going off to for international duty. This is, of course, Roman Torres that I'm referring to, if you don't get the pain GTFI references. GTA 4 references, but... Um, uh, the the big news though that came out between these two teams was that uh, Dave Ustad was ousted in June. He was uh, a great headline. Yeah, thank great you. headline. Yeah, I should be a writer. I should really be a writer. At least a uh, headline writer. Yeah, like, not, the, yeah. not the other people worry about the actual yeah, body yeah, of the yeah. work, but headlines are where it's at. Good, good stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so so Ustad was told that in June that his services were no longer needed and that Vancouver helpfully threw in, like, by the way, if you if you want to take a pay cut, like, that would be cool. Like, you don't have to, but, like, we'd really like you to. Um, which, you know, whenever I get asked that question, uh, thankfully it's never happened. Uh, I My employers value me. Thank you very much. But if, if, if I got that question, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, just being told that I'm going to have to leave at the end of the season and, and uh, open up to a lot of financial insecurity. Why not, like, also take a pay cut voluntarily? I mean, it's it's relatively inexcusable for them to say, take a pay cut and you can stick around. He was the sixth highest paid goalkeeper in MLS last year. But he was a really good goalkeeper. What that's not he was he was he was overpaid but not by a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I think part of it too is the fact that goalkeepers in MLS, you don't need to pay three hundred and fifty, four hundred thousand for a decent goalkeeper. 
Yeah, you pay more for that for Tim Howard, and he's not a decent goalkeeper anymore. Exactly. <laughs> uh, NYCFC uh, beat Columbus 2-0, but in the grand scheme of things, the crew came out on top. Save the crew. Save the crew. Save the crew. And that's when the Jamaican bobsled team goes for their final, like they pass the line, like pushing their sled, and everyone starts clapping. And you know, yeah. I wouldn't Didn't call this like... a bobsled wreck for Columbus. They didn't play that badly. Yeah. I'm no, just... I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying basically that this whole save the crew situation is oh, essentially yeah. the Jamaican bobsled team. We're all, we're all rooting for them. Then who's the was it East Germany, the antagonistic bobsled team in that movie? <laughs> Probably. Who is that? Is that? I mean, I, I was I was just gonna go with the fact. And that who's John Candy? <laughs> asking the important questions. Yeah, call you won't soccer. hear any of the questions like that. No. Anywhere on any other soccer podcast. So, so Columbus went for through reason four three on aggregate, um, and uh, Rodney Wallace, the greatest name player in the world, um, drew a penalty, which uh, David Villa scored. Yeah, because yeah, he's down to be a... Exactly. Uh, Jonathan Mensah had an own goal. Pretty unfortunate. Really hard shot just off of his face in the net. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that NYCFC were able to have four designated players, including Jonathan Mensah this year. <laughs> well, and I, I also... I have to also importantly point out that Mensah, when that ball hit his head, has knocked out some of his IQ points. So he's now... Jonathan no longer Mensa, so <laughs> oh poor guy. And is, is is there a group for intelligent people that don't qualify to be in Mensa? I don't know. It's called bitter. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Zach Steffen had another great game, and that's the only reason that he's not with the U.S. Uh, Munte in uh, Portugal. Munt is Munt. Wait a minute, Klinsman's back. <laughs> Wait, so uh, I, I'm I'm hoping for a Columbus versus Houston MLS Cup final because um, that'd be great. Don Garber's worst nightmare would would be realized. Uh, two like mediocre markets coming together in the most illustrious game, knocking out their darlings David Villa and Sebastian Jovinko. It would be fantastic. Don't forget Columbus also beat the new MLS darlings Atlanta in the first round. Exactly. Yeah, good take take that, Atlanta. Yeah. I will never, never stop being happy when they lose. But um, speaking of Toronto and Jovinko, they got beat uh, nil to one by the Red Bulls in Toronto. But again, not enough to to knock Toronto out. But enough happened in this game to make sure that young Josie Altidore and older, slightly older Sebastian Jovinko will no longer be playing Columbus. No, both of them are out. Uh, Gio got us uh, for Yotar accumulation. Uh, Josie for apparently fighting Sasha Tlushin. World the star! World star! <laughs> there was a world star style video, which was, you know, it was being properly recorded horizontal, and then the guy turns it. Um, or no, it was being recorded vertical, but it was this right side up, and then the guy turns <laughs> it, so everyone has to, watching the video has to turn their heads. And this was like red light, like it's being filmed from behind a barrier. It's you know you can behind see the glass too, right? Because it was in like one of those like tunnel club sort of things. Like it, everyone said that it was evidence of what happened. No, it was evidence of a bunch of people standing in front of a thing that happened. Yeah, we can really we can really see what happened. There was a lot of shouting. Uh, apparently, Red Bulls players going down the wrong tunnel. In were, uh, were they supposed to go down into the left? <laughs> down to the left. <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I have no idea what the, how that stadium is laid out. You know, apparently it's very confusing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Although Rebels apparently it's not it that confusing because yeah, Greg Vanny run over into that tunnel area and be like, why are you here? Why are you here? Greg, I've been asking myself that question my entire life. I just don't one, know. This is one Red Bulls player like, why? It's like, it's just really the stuff. Like, huh. No, there's a booming voice. 42. That's the answer to this question. <laughs> anyway. Um, and while watching this game, if you watch Josie Altador go down when Sasha Kleshton put his hands on his chest and Josie just like crumples, um, Alejandro Moreno was had this, had this choice code. That's embarrassing. Even by my loose standards, that's embarrassing. Alejandro, I, 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 I didn't think you had loose standards, man. You, you got You got you, 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 you can't depreciate like that on national TV, dude. What's wrong? Like, do we need to talk? Do you, do you need someone to call? Because I'm, I'm ready to listen. I mean, you've got a lot of worth, Ale. Like, you can, you can hold others and yourself to higher standards. It's, 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 it's okay, bro. It's okay. But truly embarrassing for Josie to go down like that. First he dives, then he get, then he's having a conversation with Kleshton. He goes like, like chest into Kleshton's face. And Kleshton like, is kind of like, yeah, get out of my space. And then Josie's like, here's, here's the thing with all of this. Everyone's talking about how missing Josie and Giovinco is going to be a massive loss for Toronto. Yeah, it's going to be a loss, but the same time they've spent a good amount of the season playing without Josie and playing without Giovinco and played really well and also they Jonathan, played fantastically and also well. Jonathan Mensah will still be on the pitch for Columbus so it yeah, exactly. kind of evens out why do you guys hate optimism and good things I just want to see a good football game so I want to watch controversial hot take sorry, you heard sorry, it here sorry. first sorry soccer yeah that's right we call it soccer <laughs> asshole <laughs> you you did oh, right over your head <laughs> right Always uh, me, Notch. Add this Always to the supercut of Notch not listening to us when hey, we talk. Speaking of which, Lord Supercut, <laughs> what a great song on the FIFA 18 soundtrack. So that's why I can talk about it on the soccer podcast. But like, I love this new Lord album. You should go listen to it. It's really good. Uh, Portland got beat by Houston 1-2 to two in Portland. A wonderful photo coming out of this game where, uh, was it Manotas? Manotas. Just came off the pitch and like one of his first touches... Stores him outside the box and goes to ah beautiful celebration. There's a picture of it. TA. (laughs) Yeah, go watch. Go look at that picture. The loudest supporters in the league by some standards. He goes and he he basically puts his hands to his ears. Like that is that that is there's balls on that guy. And there's like a field level picture of him, like Minotas and two other teammates in front of this just mass of uh, Timbers fans. Yeah, and it's great. And he's just. Can you hear? I yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. The the orange Sorry. jerseys kind of contrast to the blue, uh, the 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 green. It's just it's just very very beautiful. Um, anything else in this game that happened that we need to, to um discuss? before the oh, game? Unfortunately, yeah. um, Tyler Derrick was suspended indefinitely, including for this game. Um, after he was arrested following a domestic incident. What is going on, man? This is like the second domestic incident. This is, what, the third or fourth player who's had legal trouble this year? Does this league need to have risk aversion or, like, how to get your life together to Oxford's players? I mean, any league does because we rightfully, you know, we put a lot of our attention, our concern into these players the least that they should be expected to do is be standard up standing people in society. Like, you know, 
we should expect the same way that we expect anyone to behave well, to you know not get into these incidents, to not drive drunk, to you know be decent people, and True. and it's it's unfortunate that MLS keeps having these incidents. It's unfortunate that it keeps happening in pretty much every league ever. But you know, I'll hope that MLS continues seemingly a pretty good streak. Mm-hmm. of at least handling these situations proactively. And yeah. part of that, yeah, it should be some off-season training of, you know, don't do stupid things. Don't let's, do terrible things. Let's let's move on to talk about something a little bit more positive about MLS, which is Robbie Rogers' first out gay player, professional soccer player in the world, uh, in the men's game, I should say. In the women's game, we've been fortunate enough to have openly out players um for quite a while, which is great. Um, not enough, but but still, I think that the culture in the women's game is a little bit healthier than the men's game for for players who are uh, gay. And Robbie Rogers made that step a few years ago. Unfortunately, though, he had to call an end to his career due to persistent injury issues in his farewell, saying, I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve. And kudos to that man. It took a lot of gumption to have the kind of career and do the kinds of things that he has. I'm... Feeling a little bad that it couldn't have been a few more years, but uh, man, I, I gotta agree with him. He's he's done a whole lot, and uh, j- just just he, he's he's written his name in the history books. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, fantastic role model for tons of people that, frankly, you know, we need more role models <laughs> like Robbie Rogers out there. Yeah, he was he was on TV. Speaking to a, there was a TV show. I forget the name now, but there was a, there was a out athlete in a high school, kind of having this locker room moment of some sort of mental questioning, and then he basically sees a vision of Robbie Rogers, like talking to him and being like, and there was another out athlete there talking to him, and and those kinds of moments where you see a a someone on a national stage saying it's okay to be who you are, it's okay to be who you are and be a athlete. Um, that has a huge impact on people's lives. So, so thank you, Robbie, uh, for for everything. Um, hope you have a, a illustrious illustrious um, retirement. Uh, perhaps much like Brad Friedels, who has gone on to become the New England Revolution head coach. Now, I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there. You'll know why following the next segment. There's a couple of really really good NASL coaches that are going to be. Um, Possibly looking to move up shortly uh, that they could yeah. have hired, named Gio Savarese and Mark Dos Santos. The Revs don't deserve those guys. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gio... yeah, I suppose Brad Friedel is probably the most Revsy pick ever. Then. <laughs> I mean, Gio's dealt with Rocco Camiso, though. He can probably deal with Kraft. I mean, you know, it's. Rod... Rocco cares about the Cosmos. I don't think Kraft knows what the Revolution are. See, but it, Kraft's whole shtick will be like, oh, what? like questioning whereas Rocco like I mean I could get very tiresome to talk to somebody who's talking in the third person all the time like Rocco doesn't see the need for for all these players that you that you're that you that you want to sign uh Rocco doesn't have the money Rocco made money for Rocco not for Cosmos okay Gio I like how you also added a list into this impression that's fantastic hey Rocco Lots of uh, character development for Rocco. Yeah, <laughs> that's like Rocco added like a little 
little layer of uh, Mike Tyson there. We need our, we need our sketches back, guys. I know. We were just I talking know. about this the other day too. But um, today it was actually announced. So it's it's good we we recorded this podcast because Brad Friedel now has Marcelo Nevola, formerly of the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, as his assistant. Who? Who? He's this the dude who was. <laughs> you know who never left is just not the striker right uh yeah never left i i can't seem to remember what his results were he was there for a little while before that um other dude who got boxed him out do you remember this like controversy of the fort lauderdale coaching um i once they ceased suggesting i wiped my memory of all fort lauderdale things let's just let's just move on um also, now we're in the the depths of the two week break between the the uh, semifinals, the conference semifinals, and the conference finals. So, um, who cares about MLS playoffs anymore? So let's move on now to a segment we call the Pyramid Scheme, where we make like Egyptians talk about the monuments, the aliens, obviously built as grain silos. Hey, they discovered, by the way, that there's a vacant space inside the Great Pyramid of Giza that they don't know anything about. I'm telling you, Ben Carson was right. They're gonna find grain in there. Um. Speaking of potential vacant spaces in this pyramid, uh, let's go into our occasional segment we call NASL Mageddon. No, 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 you gotta do it right. NASL Mageddon 2017. It has dramatic effect. I, I know, but this entire lawsuit it's, it's is just... at this point. Yeah, like... I mean, I love the sound tune and everything, but man, it's just okay, redundant. Okay. S- you know? I have a better Every idea. week, there's another just... Armageddon for Call, NASL. Colin, you say it. NASL Mageddon 2017. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, so so, so, so that, maybe that's a little bit more fitting at this point because the um, injunction was not uh, granted by the wonderfully named Judge Brody. So basically... So that's what happened to the point break guy after that movie ended. <laughs> wow. Um... So, so uh, let's just put it this way. The NASL is not going to force massive change at the United States Soccer Federation uh, at this point. They have an appeal for another injunction. Rocco Camiso committing to keeping the lawsuit alive because, you know, he likes torturing us all. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, there is legit fear that the length of time that this appeal is going to keep going is going to be longer than the league can actually stay afloat. But um, basically, it it's sad that there's a lot of people taking joy in this. It's sad that there's so much angst about it. Are you subtweeting me, basically, like, with with words? Um, no, no. <laughs> there's, there's words in the subtweets. Yeah, but, I mean, I, this is one of those sad things that probably does need to happen i i've been a i've been a puncher of nasl for a long time i've said that on the podcast many many times and this time i just gotta say they are like lemmings every time something's doing well for them they run off the nearest cliff whether it was bill peterson talking about challenging mls back when traffic sports was at its height then when traffic finally leaves they throw that a lot in with rocco when Rocco is doing some good stuff, they they can't just take D three and be happy. They're they're kind of, they have to. It, it's like the San Francisco Delta's approach to running a soccer league, where they're trying to be disruptive. Guys, just try to be the best version of yourselves and stop competing. But I mean, 
that being said, now I feel honor bound to mention that USL is also throwing tons of shade at them and kind of inst- instigating some of this too. So, at the end of the day, this is a seven-year-long shit show that has gone on long enough. I just want it to be over at this point. If I was an NASL fan, I would be rightly scared right now about the future of my team, which really, really, really sucks. So at the end of the day, all I'm going to say is the people who caused this whole shenanigan-filled thing, which people at the Federation people, the USL people, the NASL people at MLS... This can't be allowed to happen again. We cannot have this. Like, this, this this, needs to just be the last time that this kind of bullcrap happens in our soccer federation in this country. Absolutely. There is nobody that comes out of this with their heads held high. There's nobody that looks good coming out of having a league disintegrate, both because of bad decisions and also because of mismanagement by the federation. All right. So speaking of that, let's talk about that that league's um, final championship final that's coming up between the Cosmos and the Deltas. Uh, the Deltas who have been giving away free tickets and free merchandise. Because they won it just next year. Exactly. Um, so as far as that Deltas game, uh, they won 1-0 against North Carolina, Texas Rangers. Uh, Tyler Gibson, long-range score really the only interesting thing in the game his first goal of the season first goal of the season and it was one of those nasl highlights where everything between the second minute and the 39th minute did not happen the battle of the billionaire teams occurred between the cosmos and miami uh ended nil nil how much money could buy a goal for that game Right. Well, Miami did get uh, Stefano Pino as the NASL Golden Ball winner, so so that was nice. Hopefully, he'll get a MLS call up from some team soon. Um, but this game going to the Cosmos six five on penalties. Loons legend Eugene Starikov with the winner. Ah, great, wonderful. Well, let's move on now. Talk real quick about the USL playoffs. And remember, guys, when we talk about USL, we invert the conference names. Like that's a tradition on this podcast now. So uh, just, 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 just remember that. That was totally intentional last time. Uh, yes, absolutely. Louisville tying Red Bull New York dos one uh, one, and then going through on four three on penalties to be your Western Conference champions. Uh, two saves from Greg Ranjit Singh. Hey, hey, guy with Indian name. What up? Yeah, uh, including in the final round. He did have to miss out on the penalty shootout last year between these two teams uh, due to an injury during the game. So good job by him, not only making it through the entire game, but also saving it for his team. I, I gotta say, whenever I see his name, though, it always makes me think, like, what if I was, like, Nachike Jones, you know, like, you know, Indian <laughs> name and, like, American name right next to each other, like, Greg Ranjitsing, like... Or I should actually use my proper accent for that. Greg Ranjit Singh. That's how you say it, by the way. Oh, didn't know that. See, you learn yeah. so much on this podcast, listener. You know, you can you can you can make this an educational experience, not a sex experience. Come on. Did you I, just I te- say listener? Yeah. <laughs> There's one. It's okay. We've we've known this. It's it's Caleb's dad, <laughs> First Eric. I thought it was five hundred thousand. Now I know it's just one. <laughs> five hundred thousand to one in one episode. This is. <laughs> Heroin. Why are we here? Why are we here? So, so Swope Park Rangers tied the OKC Energy nil nil. You know the 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 OKC team that was actually like successful and is doing well. Um, but the one that did not have Juana and the Barbarian, 
so they are nothing in our eyes. But anyway, uh, the Swarp Park Rangers, the the, 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 the the story of this game, though, was 11 rounds of penalties. You know what that means. Jitterbug. Jitterbug. No, uh, Wham is in that section. Okay. Or two sections from now. Um, keeper pens. Keeper pens. What up? Who was, so? Who who scored the winner? Uh, Adrian Zendejas for Swell Park Rangers. What a great name. Fantastic, fantastic name. Um, gets the save in round eleven, then follows it up with the winner right afterwards. So this was a banner week for Swope Park Rangers, of course. Unfortunately, it was also announced that their current ground in Swope Park does not mean the division meet the Division Two standards anymore. So they will likely have to find a new place to play, including perhaps the for them cavernous Children's Mercy Park. So I've been I've been punting uh, a couple of new names to them: the Swope Park Wanderers, the uh, Nope Park Rangers, uh, the Swope Park uh, Rovers. Um. The Swope Mercies Park. <laughs> I, I don't want Children's Mercy in a team name, though. That's just a little... I, I, I wouldn't like want to like... Swope Park's Children's Mercy. Right? I, I don't want to chant that. Children's Mercy Park Rangers. Um, I mean, there is young boys in Switzerland, though. Right. Children can be in a team name. Yeah, it just doesn't parse in a chant is what I'm saying, man. Like, you know. And you feel bad jeering them. Come on, you children's mercy. No, it doesn't really work that way. Come on, you children. <laughs> there are some teams where that's appropriate. Brian was telling us about those. Let's now move into a segment that we call The Sewer. Where we talk about our Ninja Turtles, the Nints, the Uzmint, and the Uzwint, uh, and the Uzyint. Let's just call them the... U-S-M-N-T. It's so much easier, not Yeah, just spell it it's, it's out. It's not a word you say. It's just... Guys, fetch acronym. is gonna happen, okay? Fetch is gonna happen. Now you just... Stop trying to make fetch happen. Stop trying to happen. It's not uh, gonna happen. Let's, so so we had the, the wonderful squad that is gonna take us to victory, both over Portugal and into our hearts, um, <laughs> announced. And uh, vicious snub, Christian Ramirez, everyone in the Minnesota United Soccer world, uh, including myself, Pissed off. I, mean, I think pretty much everybody in the soccer world is pissed off. Sarakan out. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, what does uh, he have to he's do? He's going to be. He's an interim coach. Yeah. So, um, what does that Christian a joke? What does Christian have to do? He scored fourteen goals, which is six more than Ron Adudelu was called up, and five more than uh, Dom Dwyer, who was also called up this season. He had what four assists this season. He stored tons of badge of goals in the NASL. He can do it on every level. No matter what, this guy has a nose for the goal. He yeah, can score but can, goals. He, can he do it on a cold Tuesday night on Stoke? I, I believe David Sarakan, very interested to know the answer to that question. Man. Tom Dwyer can't do it anywhere at Cole. <laughs> like, and never mind the fact that this game is happening in Lerau instead of Stoke. What? No. Okay. Uh, it, it is happening on a Tuesday. That's why I mentioned oh, it. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the thing that we should mention, though, some people mad about CJ Sapong being called up because he's going to be 30. He, he had 30. a career year. Yeah. Give, you, him, you, give him a shot. You, you, can't, you can't be up on Christian and then be down on Sapong because it's the same reason. He will, though, be 33 by the next World Cup. But, hey, he could he could help out in qualifying. Like, who knows? Let's let's give the man a chance. Christian? or. CJ. CJ. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he could he could be one of those guys who has some consistency because he's been in the setup 
previously. He's coming back. That is, though, Bruce McGuire, uh, El Brucio Denard, telling us on Twitter that that is the theme between all of these players. That they are have at some point in the past been part of the, the U.S. setup before, which, of course, Christian hasn't. I'm not saying it's a good excuse, but still. Uh, a lot of kids, though, in this, in, this, um, in this team. Speaking of children's mercy. Yeah, uh, Tyler Adams, who's... Just had to finish off a, a great year with New York Red Bull. Uh, Weston McKinney from Schalke. Just a bunch of you know, young players. He's, uh, Cameron Hunter-Victors, um, attorney at law. Uh, <laughs> Jesse uh, Gonzalez. Lind- Lyndon Gooch. Josh Sargent, noted 17-year-old who doesn't play for a professional club yet. After this game, he's going to be called Josh Gunnery Sargent because he's going to be promoted. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was... so the uh, the the veteran players here are Alejandro Bedoya, Yedlin, and Kellen Acosta. Actually, uh, Danny Williams counts as a veteran, but he's not been around for a while. And so, not the one from the journey, FIFA. Right. Also, although that would be fantastic because he is the best. Can guys. we just get that actor to like play a USMNT <laughs> player? I don't even know who this actor is, and I think he would be great. Yeah, they, they call it. He calls himself the Williams. That's all you need to know about him. <laughs> but it's all very self-appreciating, which is great. He he's endearing. He's very, he's very endearing. endearing. Yeah, yeah. So so, but the, the other Danny Williams, I'm sure, also has an endearing story because he's with Huddersfield. Blah 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 blah. So so glad to see it. I think. I mean, I wonder who some of these. Um, mentors in this lineup are going to be Bedoya and Yedlin probably now Ali Bedoya apparently is one of the big veteran mentors types in this team already so okay him being around I think is going to help I think you will continue to see guys like Michael Bradley Josie Altador have that role on this team going forward which you know to some extent it's it's good I maybe I'm a little bit sour on Josie Altidore's mentorship skills after this week, yeah. but... Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and uh, really quick before we move on, Pulisic staying with Dortmund. Uh, Which is good. It's yeah. a meaningless friendly. Let Christian stay with his team, who yeah. definitely need him at this point to yeah. and also get back on track. Give him a week off, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. I've been playing forever. Don't. Speaking of a week off, some... <laughs> Uh, a league that has a week off is the English Premier League. So let's hop into our planes. I was worried I'd have to buy four first-class seats. Instead, I only have to buy three uh, to England, where we hop into Thanks, a pub. Maplebrook. Hop into a pub to to discuss English soccer. This week, we are going to a pub called David Moy's Dark Room. We're back, you guys. Why did we come here? This place is horrible. There's just scratchings on the wall that say why, 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 why. <laughs> There's tallies oh, no. for all one who's unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a... Uh, <laughs> David Moyes, you know, he uh, who, when he was, I think, coaching Sunderland, mentioned that he he goes into a dark room to question himself every time he loses. Well, we're Which back. happened a in lot the- with Sunderland. Yeah. Exactly. That happened, like, all the time. Um, the video in which he was announced as the West Ham manager uh, following their firing of Slavin Bilic after a 4-1 thrashing against who, Caleb? Liverpool, my beautiful, glorious Liverpool. Mo Salah is amazing. Go Egypt in the World Cup. So that that video you were talking about. Um, (coughs) The look on his face was similar to like a... It was similar to like a... Almost a a proof of life video, like a hostage (laughs) situation. He seemed so excited. 
Like, I thought that he was going to be blinking out Morse code SOS. His eyes have been going a little bit crazier each year. When you look at him <laughs> in photos, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty scary. It's word, and yeah. it's, it's gotten so much worse. So, Raphael Honigstein on football, not football, totally football show, making an epic uh, defense of, um, I was going to say Brendan Rodgers, not that guy, <laughs> Jurgen Klopp. Who? Uh, Honigstein's actually written a book on Klopp that maybe you'd be interested to go get. I hear it's it's got a lot of yeah. awesome anecdotes. But he his whole thing was this whole defensive lapse thing with with uh, Klopp not actually true. That he, he I don't know. We've been talking about Liverpool's defense because I actually think it's, it's been pretty. It's bad. been a problem for a long time before Klopp was even at Liverpool. And in their last three games, I think they've let in one goal, and that was against West Ham. That's actually their average goals per game is under Klopp is one. So, so yeah. Um, <laughs> Blip in the radar with one year starting center backs, taking painkillers and being obviously injured. Um, thankfully, now he's out of the lineup. But yeah. also you have, you know, Radnar Klavan in at center back. But um, something that he should be remedied in um, the, in January. And also something that we should mention about Liverpool is uh, both once maligned Alberto Moreno has received a call for Spain, uh, his journey back from just terrible defender to decent player for Liverpool has been great under Klopp. So. Moving to the other side of Merseyside, we have Everton, who managed to beat Watford, uh, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat when Watford got a penalty in the 100th minute that they missed. <laughs> and Tom cleverly, cleverly missed it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sensible <laughs> chuckle. Um <laughs> They've been Everton have been eliminated from the Europa League. They have um, still looking for a manager. Not sure who's gonna who's gonna get the call. Diego Simeone apparently. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> He's on their wish list, which is like me asking for a brand new Mercedes Benz for Christmas. I mean, I I want to don't hang... let your dreams be dreams, Caleb. <laughs> I want Jerry Tiasson to be my best friend. Doesn't mean that that's gonna happen. I so think, I think we're on the on the way there though. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, mostly because I say things like that on this podcast. Chelsea beating Man United 1-0. Alvaro Morata scoring a curling header from a great cross from my favorite EPL player name, Dave Azipilacuera. Dave. Azipilacuera. I don't get the reference. I'm sorry. Super califragilistic expialidocious. Well, I... Okay. Moving on. <laughs> you never watched Mary Poppins? Not recently. Oh my god, he missed Also, next year was... tell me you haven't watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Okay. So great cross by Dave Asplicola that did to the box from deep in it in near midfield probably forty yards out, to a wide open Alvaro Mar- Morado who heads it in. Uh, Phil Jones also got a goal in this game. It was in his own net and but unfortunately for him it was called off. Let's talk about Jose Mourinho again. No, let's not No, let's not. Uh, Man oh, City you- beating Arsenal three one. Motherfucker. Yeah, that was great. Um Aaron no, Ramsey. It wasn't. That was fucking terrible. Apparently, according to Jonathan Wilson on Football Weekly, Aaron Ramsey and Alexis Sanchez will not pass the ball to each they other. They don't like each other at all. Which right. It's kind I of mean, interesting to hear. It's interesting in the sense that it's clear that Sanchez is on the way out. There's The writing's been on the wall for way too long. It's a shock that he wasn't sold, and I think... As beneficial as he can be when he wants to play, the fractiousness going on within the Arsenal dressing room right now has to be rectified. I don't know if that means get rid of Sanchez in January. 
I don't know if that means get rid of everyone else. I know what that means. I think it means putting Eric Winalda in as head coach of Arsenal because he's going to you know change everything up. <laughs> Disruption. Anyway, uh, by the way, we didn't talk about USSF presidency, and uh, I'm really oh, happy about that. No. That is that is oh. me saying thank you for sparing me from that discussion. Yeah. Uh, questionable refereeing apparently in this game, but um, uh, yeah, of course a, you'd say that. Well, there I was a city. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> it was. That down. Um, there was a city goal that was offside. There's a penalty that was roughly close. There I, six. I think it was a penalty. I, I think so too. But it, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was like the orange card of penalties. We'll say. Like I said, coming off the bench and scoring, perhaps you should start our sand. Yeah. I don't know. And Maybe put your striker you spent sixty million on in the starting lineup and move Sanchez out to the wing and have good times on the field. I don't know. Something I did not know was happening is that Santi Carzola's injuries woes have been complicated by literally a complication in one of his surgeries that has left him. Uh, his doctor saying he'll be lucky to run with this kid in the back or walk with this kid in the backyard again. So go read up on that because we can't really do it justice right now given how long this podcast is going. But I did not know that Santi Carzola's career was in danger and it apparently is. Um, Tottenham beat Crystal Palace uh, 1-0. Left it late. Human Son becomes the highest scoring Asian player. I heard you player. say Human Son and I was like, <laughs> the Human Son comes in. It's not a robot, guys. It's the Human Son. It's a... The Trieta player on FIFA, Humanson. <laughs> What's your last name? Humanson. I'm not an alien. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Humanson is a guy on uh, Iceland's team. <laughs> Bjorn no, Thor. There's, there's like seven diacriticals in there, though. Like, that's, that's how you have to spell it. So, so the narrative machine of English tabloids saying that Tottenham are in a rough patch because they weren't convincing against Palace. And yeah, come but on. they also it, it, beat... Real Madrid recently in our next segment they don't touch soccer but some do though yeah in brackets in some brackets do. some yeah. do though those brackets are the important thing that's why our listeners come here besides the you know sex background uh, <laughs> listen so um to Champions League news uh as you just mentioned Spurs beat Real Madrid and all I want to ask is Zinedine Zagone no 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 <laughs> they're Real no. Madrid they'll be fine yeah they have <laughs> Some of the best players in the world. They'll be fine. To take a joke from uh, James Richardson, Deli Ali chopping up some Real Madrid players into Deli meats. So he did it better. I didn't really do it so well. It, it, everything sounds Clearly. better with British accent. Well, uh, every, I, it's never good when you take a joke by someone else. Like I try to tell Hannibal Burris jokes sometimes. Doesn't work. You know. You could go Deli Ali uh, beat up on Real Madrid like it was the Rumble and. Uh, Santa Bernabeo? No. No. The no. Rumble in Bernabeo? It was at Wembley. The Rumble. Yeah. In, oh, that's right. The Rumble yeah. at Wembley. Um, yeah. Let's yeah. just move on because I'm pretty sure our there. listeners have heard a lot about this clash. Also, the fact that Man City beat Napoli. Uh, what I do want to mention, though, is that there's drone footage of Sarri's defensive drills at Napoli that is fascinating to watch. They were training at Man United's old uh, ground at, training ground at Carrington. And someone, I don't know if it was... I, I think this might be like spy footage, but it, I, don't quote me on that. There's some wonderful footage of where you can see how Napoli trains. Go seek that out because it is, it is wonderful to watch. Uh, BVV Dortmund tied Apoel Nicosia 1-1. Their Champions League campaign going totally not to plan. They're totally going to go in the Europa League and probably play Arsenal in the first round. If it's, hey, if it's, if it's it, not it would, one German giant, it's the other. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd rather face Dortmund than Bayern. At least I can see Pulisic play. That's, that's true. 
Porto beating Leipzig 3-1. Speaking of Leipzig, let's talk about Bundesliga, where we have the, the game that someone was like, the Classico, that sounds good. Let's call ours Der Klassiker. Uh, Bayern playing <laughs> Dortmund and beating him 3-1. Yeah, this uh, is the part on, on the Classiker where we dance. <laughs> we believe in nothing, Klobowski. Um But so the lone bright spot for Dortmund in this game was 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 Pulisic. So that was good. He gave an assist to Mark Bartra's goal and nutmegged Aryan Robin. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and then he nutted like, oh. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell my dad to not listen to this podcast. <laughs> First this episode, skip this one. <laughs> then that. This is what happens when we record on the Sunday morning, guys, and I've had my coffee. Like, you know, it's it's not good. Not Usually, good. it's we alcohol drunk. that does it for yeah. us, but yeah. not with coffee. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I should switch. Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach dips Fedora got a one-one tie at Mainz, but the most important thing that happened in this game actually not the result. Yeah, uh, the Mines goalkeeper um, somehow mistook the ball for the penalty spot while the ball is rolling behind them and went to take the penalty spot, which, spoiler alert, didn't work. <laughs> he whiffs it. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Has a moment paint. of the worst panic on his face in the world, finds the ball, somehow did manages to clear it before the Mugladbach player just uh, to put it in. Friend zoned again by the ball. <laughs> In La, Liga, in La Liga, Girona getting a 2-1 win against Levante. Best team in the world, Girona. True. I, what I did not know when we were talking about the fact that they had taken down Real Madrid was that, you know who's part owner in Girona? The City Football Group. They of Andrea Perlo's retirement in NYCFC and owning Manchester City. Oh, now I'm sad. Yeah, yeah right? Uh, so, astroturfing. No. Um, also, probably the next home to Yangel Herrera of NYCFC because clearly higher competition. Right. Um, one thing that just came out, Sergio Busquets of Barcelona is interested in moving to MLS. Someday. Hey. Someday. I, Not Sunday. Someday. someday. Like, in the future. Someday, I, I suppose. I hope he comes here because he has one of my best like derogatory nicknames, Biscuits. And I'm just going to keep shouting at him, Biscuits! Biscuits! Anyway. Um, <laughs> what are you on our team? <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> then then it would be an enduring nickname. So, um, we don't need to talk about World Cup qualifiers. We talk about them on Tuesday's pod, which will be struggling for content if we, if, we, if we discuss qualifiers today. Let's now move into a segment we call the Reynolds Wrap-Up, where Colin takes a soccer conspiracy theory you know you've been thinking about and makes sense of it for you. Unless, of course, this podcast has been going an hour and 12 minutes, which it has. <laughs> so so maybe, maybe we cut it for time this week. Colin, what do you think? Um, do you want to blow our listeners' minds again this week? or Let's just say that Tuesday is going to be fantastic. All right. Ooh, a teaser. You've got three days to to build yourself aluminum foil uh, hats, which apparently I learned before today that actually aluminum foil hats are not good for you. Cause yeah, it's supposed to be aluminum foil over the outer lining of the hat. Okay, otherwise the, the heavy metals leach into your head. Exactly. I see, okay. Well, um, I'll have mine ready for, for Tuesday's podcast, so um, you should too, listener. Uh, let's now move into saying goodbye to you. But before we do that, let's tell the people where they can find uh, your your hot takes and your cold takes and other things. I'm at K Olson seven sixteen on the Twitter. Um, I write for fifty five one as well. Uh, thanks to our uh, Titanics for letting us use their song "Lustless" as our theme music. One of their songs, uh, "All the Pretty Girls," 
in brackets that I'll never talk to, um, was the song of the day on Friday on the Torrent. So that's awesome. And they have a show tonight at the Tech Club, but you'll hear that before then. Yeah, I'm just going to take credit for that. Um, the current bro- broadcast personnel obviously listening to this podcast, being impressed by the band, and uh, had nothing to do with all the live performances and awesome publicity they've been getting. It was it was this podcast right here that, that led, to this, led to this great thing for them. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We, are we the podcast of the day on the current? Or? No, no, that no. would be their... Um, who's we're we're the podcast of the day on Pornhub, so... <laughs> Colin, Twitter. Uh, Dad, if you're still listening, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that, uh, you can find me at the attachment, um, shamelessly trying to sell Ted Leo tickets and failing. Okay. Uh, you can find me at TW United Fans. You can find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere. We've been having some trouble with our Stitcher feed, so if you're listening on Stitcher, you're not hearing me talk right now. So um, let if me If you're know- listening on Stitcher, don't. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm trying to fix it, so we'll see. But if you, if you have to sit your problems, do let me know. Uh, with that, we again want to just quickly thank Brian Hand for coming over, making a great donation to the Dark Clouds, coming over and sharing with Youth Soccer. I hope we can bring him back someday to talk about that. And thank you guys for joining me again. We will see you next, well, Tuesday. Save the crew. Save the crew.